today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome to another episode of Digging for the Truth. And I want to introduce my buddy and old pal and our expert today, <laughs> Trent Morgan. Hello. And he has a phenomenal first name. And uh, I, I tell you what, Trent and I, we've known each other for what? Like, I was trying to figure that out, man. We've known each other since before we were both married. And I've been married almost 20 years. It's been yeah, two decades. Plus, yeah. Yes. A good long while, man. Well, I want to kind of share with the audience what we're talking about. If you all, you know, if you watch the podcast, I want to actually tell, we have a lot of listeners um, that don't know that you can watch the podcast um, I've realized that I've received a lot of feedback, and they're listening on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, and that's great. Keep doing that, but also, and today will be one of those episodes that you're going to want to go out on YouTube and look us up at the church at Bushland, because we're going to be showing you things that you're going to want to see. Now, it'll still make sense if you're listening in the car, so don't run away, but if you have an opportunity, you're going to want to see some of the things we're going to show today. So anyway, with that being said, um, a few weeks ago... Trent and I, we got together, had some lunch, and it, it turned into like a two-hour lunch. <laughs> yes, it was uh, I, It was great to reconnect again, and honestly, we're both passionate people, and uh, man, never for a lack of conversation. Oh my gosh, that's an absolute fact. And the conversation kind of really turned to um, really evangelism, so it must be in the name. If you know me, uh, you know I'm an ardent evangelist, but so is this guy. Absolutely. It's my heart. And in fact, I want to share a little bit of background, you know, about kind of who you are. And first of all, you are a local area businessman. You have um, Morgan and Myers Roofing and Construction, right? Yes. You also have some daycares, right? At least eight daycare, I know. Yes. Uh, My wife and I have three daycares and then a couple other businesses, a vertical one, a restoration construction company, mobile home park, a couple things like that. So you're an entrepreneur at heart, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, I know that uh, uh, as long as I've known you, you've been in business for yourself. So I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to talk about some stuff here today, guys, that if you don't know um, what digital currency, crypto, I think everybody's heard of crypto. Uh, Yeah, they have. And they, you know, it's a bad misconception. And especially right now with everything with uh, FTX that came out, it's getting a bad uh, rap and people don't understand that it's, I mean, there's a lot of technology and a lot of differences in investing in it and how to safely hold your crypto yeah and uh, and really the transformation that's happening to the entire world right now well i think so everybody's kind of familiar with bitcoin uh, bitcoin bitcoin uh, ethereum um I, I i think where people get sideways is they don't trust the crypto and if you go back the very first episode uh, we did on digging for the truth is called the cashless society it's the very first one we did. We talked about CBDCs, talked about cryptocurrency, and honestly, I didn't know as near as much then as I do know now. Um, you know how that goes. But when we sat down and we started talking the other day, 
you ran circles around me in the area of the blockchain, the crypto, the ledgers. And so I thought that first we probably, this is what you were kind of talking about. We need to first talk about even what blockchain is. Right. Okay. So if you, if you don't mind, I'm going to throw up a, a you know graphic here, but to kind of explain to the viewers and listeners what we're, what, what is blockchain? So blockchain is basically they're digitizing information and making it available basically anywhere in the world where you can access the internet, you can access. And, and that's the key to what they're transitioning to right now is smart contracts. So you can do business worldwide. You don't have to see the people. You don't have to know the things they can digitally make those things happen. NFTs, uh, another one. NFTs is non-fungible token. Uh, CBDC is, is huge right now the entire world will go to a monetary system that is digital yeah let's talk about we'll, we'll come back to cbdc let's start first though um both digital currencies or so there's digital currencies crypto okay then there's also cbdc which is also considered we'll we'll, we'll, dissever, we'll explain the difference between the two here in a minute one is a decentralized platform the other is very centralized so Crypto is decentralized, and I think that that's a really good thing. And I think the, a lot of our viewers, when they hear crypto, they think, well, I mean, there's, there's, it's not regulated by the government. Well, in my opinion, that's a very good thing. Uh, I would agree it is, but it is becoming regulated. See, and this is my personal opinion, is the narrative gets pushed by the government and by the people in power to get you to where they want you to be. So it started out as being very decentralized, and right. that was the attraction that everybody, where you could, uh, nobody would know the transaction that was being made. Now, they could see on the blockchain, and they could verify that exactly what was happening was happening, but they didn't know who was doing it, and they couldn't trace it to anybody. So it was decentralized from the point of view of, that may is fantastic. You have accurate information, but you don't have to know every bit about every person. Fantastic. Well, what have they done? What they do is they drive up, they get people to invest, and then they tank a big market. A bunch of people lose money. Well, FTX is an example of that. That's exactly and, and, why everybody's calling for regulation now. Well, that and, and also, so ransomware. If you've ever had ransomware, been ransomware, I mean, they, they want to get paid in Bitcoin. Okay, so we were attacked a year ago, April, or two years ago, April, and it was one of the worst days of my life, but God protected us. Long story, if you've listened to the podcast, you'll have heard this before, but the way they were asking for a bunch of Bitcoin, and we just basically said, you know, stick it, um, and we, we had all our customers back up within 14 hours, but we changed radically. We totally, for the next year, uh, rebuilt everything to protect, better insulate and protect ourselves, you know, in case any type of future stuff, but but. Let's take, remember, think about the pipelines that were hacked and, and all these different banks and all these different hospital medical systems. Um, and so Biden came out and he made statements, oh, see, if we get rid, if we regulate Bitcoin, if we get rid of this cryptocurrency, then see, they won't ever, they, you can't have hackers anymore. Well, it'll just be something else. I mean, that's, so these are the types of tools I think they use to try to get people to not trust crypto, to not trust the currencies. But let's talk about FTX. Okay. Okay. So that deal. Give me your two cents because that was that was crooked from the get-go. You know, and the way that it happened was, so exchanges are different than cryptocurrency. Yeah, explain exchanges. Okay. Yeah. So basically each, let's, let's take Bitcoin 
um, that everybody knows. It has its own operating network. So all the nodes, all of the data that's stored is on a network, and it's verified all over the world by anybody who's mining for it, making a complete blockchain and adding it to the blockchain. Okay. Okay. So when you purchase a Bitcoin, you where do you purchase that and where do you own it at? That's the big thing. Well, most of the time, the only way to get your fiat currency, your dollar, into a market where you can buy Bitcoin, you have to go through an exchange. There has to be somebody that's able to get you on the Bitcoin network. That's where Coinbase, that's where FTX, uh, that's where Binance, all these are able where you can put your fiat currency in and then you can download the network on their platform and you can supposedly own the Bitcoin or a different cryptocurrency on their platform in an exchange. Now, that being said... So, so let's think of it like this too. So these are your on and off ramps. That's to, right. To, and and to, to access um, the, the crypto. So when I say on and off ramps, I'm talking about I want to buy crypto or I want to sell crypto and convert it back that, into fiat dollar. For our argument's sake, the U.S. dollar. And, and you can technically get on those networks on your own on a couple of those networks. But the majority are now becoming centralized, centralized yeah. through exchanges. And that is the easiest way uh, for the common person to be able to invest into it. So what they did was is it's kind of like the banking system where, you know, a modern day bank, you can give them a dollar and they can loan out 90 cents of it. They only have to own uh, hold 10 cents. And that's regulated by the government. Well, in these exchanges, there has been zero holding that they have had to do. So what happened with FTX is you put in, let's say you put in $100 and you bought $100 worth of Bitcoin. They took that $100 and they said, hey, you own $100 in Bitcoin. But behind the scenes, they actually owned the Bitcoin, mm -hmm. okay? And then they could do whatever they wanted well, with I mean, it. And they no went and over leveraged it and gambled it on new projects and then even moved some of it to a uh, to Alameda, which is a, um, a big hedge fund, and we're doing more ventures with it. So when problems started happening and people started going to get their money, Pulling money out. That's right. And this really it's happened. It's just like the Great Depression. When everybody wanted to go pull their money out, the money wasn't there. The money wasn't there. And so then everybody is like, oh, no, cryptocurrency, you're going to lose all your assets because you don't know if you own it or not. Well, it is true. If you're putting it on an exchange, you you don't own you it. You have to trust the exchange. You have to, and they have to be solvent. So if they go broke, you lose everything. There's nothing you can do. So what did that do to everybody? Man, they want now all of a sudden regulation. Now everybody wants the government to have a hand in it. So who do you think probably provoked a lot of what's going on? Well, hey, think about FTX, okay? And so... I forget his name, Sam, whatever. Bankman Freed. Yeah, okay, whatever that guy's name was. He was a nut job, and so was his girlfriend, okay? Both of them, man, they were nut jobs. And their entire goal, they said they're going to give basically all of their money to, they're going to donate a billion dollars. It didn't start off at that. He did donate phenomenal amounts of money of that basically stolen money, that that Ponzi money, um, to the Democrat uh, well, to the I think it's the DNC, but I think also to individual Democrats. Yeah, he did. And so he, we're talking in this case, hundreds of millions of dollars got shelled out to all these people. And you know, I don't, I haven't seen in the news where all these people are coming trying to give that money back. So, oh, you know what? That wasn't very good. That was somebody else's money. 
They didn't do that. Well, and obviously they haven't even held him accountable. <clears throat> I mean, he's sitting in the Bahamas still in a big mansion. Uh, well, I thought he got picked up the other day. They did pick him up, but he's still not extradited to gotcha. the United States, which is what everybody wants is to hold him accountable here. Uh, anywhere in the Bahamas, how do you know the judicial system anywhere else? And there's a reason he was... Uh, They're in the Bahamas. Up, that, it's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's out of your sight. It's out of the control, and you can't be bought off. We don't really know where he's sitting today, do we? No, I have no idea. I mean, they might say he's in jail there. We, none of us would know. Well, I can tell you this, though. There's no love for him. Once they feel like they've you know done their due diligence, they'll burn him like any of the others. Oh, absolutely. So let's talk about we, – so we talked a little bit about blockchain. I want to sh- just pop over to my computer. And there's a couple of, uh, of websites that you, you, know, you recommended – and so if you want to understand what blockchain is, think of this, okay? If you actually have uh, a chain, just get a regular chain, okay? One link connects to the other. Each of those chains, so one link, except for the first one and the last, but technically, <laughs> but the, for, it is connected to two pieces. And in blockchain, essentially what you're doing is that very thing, okay? There is a, what's called a ledger. And we're gonna, this is going to be an important topic of conversation here in a minute. Um, and so there's a ledger that is recorded, okay, because of the blockchain. And in the case of, well, crypto, it's a public ledger. But here, if you want to learn more about the details, and I don't want to go into the super you know, deep here, but there's actually here this zebpay.com. Uh, you can go, it says just what is blockchain. And it talks about the different layers of blockchain. Um, this is a great article, and I'd recommend going out there and trying going through it. Um, it'll explain a piece of it, but essentially what you're looking at, y'all remember the terminology peer to peer networks. That's really what this is. Um, before, you know, and and we still operate with peer to peer networks, but back in the day, that's what it was. One computer is directly connected to another computer. So on the network in regards to the blockchain, that's, it it operates in that capacity peer to peer. That's right. And if you look, think of it, there's layers Blockchain layers, okay? So you have one network, let's say Bitcoin, but let's say it wants to communicate with Ethereum. That's cross-chain. That's where you start getting different layers where different businesses can need two different layers and two different networks to work together to get what they're doing, Yeah. okay? So now that's where it gets really complicated and and you really should understand kind of the basics. And that's what this article does is it tells you the basics of the, the layers. It's not, it's not um, really, really technical. So it, it, but it's a great overview. um, And that was a good one you pointed out. So let's talk. Okay. Kind of about the next thing here. And that happens to be, so you mentioned CBDC. All right. So CBDC is a central bank digital currency. And basically this is my definition that I put up there, you know, whereas crypto and other types of, you know, like Ethereum, Bitcoin, they are decentralized. Okay. And they sit on what's called a public ledger. And we're about to talk more about the ledgers in a minute. Okay. A CBDC is issued. Let's, let's just go ahead and say it. It's going to be by a government period, really at this point. Okay. a centralized entity. And the problem with this also is that the ledger is no longer transparent, but they're private. Um, one of the biggest users of a CBDC in the world right now is China. And they are controlling. I'm sure that if you've, if you've listened to any podcasts, if you listen to, um, if you've read anything about the Great Reset, um, of course, this is separate from the Great Reset. In fact, they're getting ideas from China. 
but they talk about their social credit scores. And a social credit score in China is if you're not a good little, you know, communist, then you don't have access to vehicles. You can't travel, can't maybe even buy food. Okay. So this is something that I want to have a discussion with because you may not realize this, but in the United States right now, as we speak in the state of New York, they are running a three month trial with about, I think 10 or 12 different banks on CBDC transfers in the United States. Have you heard of this? Uh, absolutely. Yes. So what, tell me your thoughts on that. Well, it's going to happen, period. Digital currency is here to stay. The United States government has been the slowest to react uh, with their legislative, but they have to. And so right now they're saying that they're running a, a trial, but they already have ran these for years. That's one of the things about the big lawsuit with Ripple. Um, and, I mean, Ripple has spent $100 million fighting the SEC and saying that they're a security. Well, they want to regulate it. They're fighting over who's going to regulate the digital currency and how it's going to work. And to be honest, they ha they don't know. Well, okay, so you touched on several things right there that if you're not familiar with the comment, with, with the uh, terminology in these companies, um, that we need to stop and back up for just a second. Okay, first of all, you mentioned Ripple, okay? Um, you also – so let, so if you're not familiar with it, actually out of Boston MIT, um, that's actually where the – platform for the American central, you know, digital currency, CBDC, was actually created, tested, and pushed up. And this was something that, um, you know, Biden actually mentioned and touched on. He said, we already have it. Um, it's, and and it's, what happened is uh, there was a couple of faux pas. They, it became public faster than it was supposed to. Okay. And I know that, so in New York, whenever they went to, to, to to tr this trial, which, I mean, you're already doing these transfers otherwise. I mean, all you're doing them now is, I mean, is transferring them to the banks in a format of CBDC. That's right. And and so one of the things with that is they want to keep, um, they want to keep control. The government wants control, right? The more control they have, the more they can dictate what happens, and then they can get their taxes and the money back to who they want it to go to. So with Ripple, they are a... And, and CBDC, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. So let's say every country w is going to want to keep their currency and keep sovereignty over their currency. And that's what's happening right now. You're seeing all these countries say, no, we're not going to go to this one coin or one thing. Well, this is what the, the brilliance about it is, is you could, every country could distribute their own and say, hey, the United States now has its own United States dollar digital currency. The pound could do that in England. And let's say that every country has their own just like it is now. Well, Ripple was actually set up to be able to convert that instantaneously so you can move money anywhere in the world instantly. Okay, so this is what I want to get to. So this is good. Okay, so Ripple. Let's talk about Ripple. Ripple is a, it's a transfer process, but it's also a ledger. And the thing about Ripple is that it is a private ledger. Okay, and and so this is the key component to say, yeah, listen, you know, use whatever currency you want, but bottom line, if it only operates and, and can transfer on this single private transaction system, well, then it doesn't matter what, quote, unquote, you're transferring because it transfers it in real time anyway. You can call it a dollar, you can call it a pound, you can call it a ruin, you can call it a yen, you can call it a whatever, but in the end, you're still operating under a single currency. 
effectively. Effectively, because they can take it from whatever that currency is, transfer it over to XRP in a coin at whatever rate it's transferred, then immediately transfer it out to the other currency. And it happens, I think, within four seconds. Well, compared to SWIFT, which is a week. And, and, I mean, and how can, much money? I don't know. Oh, it, well, every transaction in the SWIFT takes uh, a lot more money. I mean, we're talking every transaction on a Ripple is costing less than a penny. It's like 0. .003 of a cent for a transaction, which right now, and it happens instantly. Instantaneously. And it's on, and it's on a ledger, and you, you did talk about it exactly perfect. It's a ledger that now, if they get regulation over it, they have to know where the money came from who it came from, where it went, and who it did. So now they will have complete control over an entire world worth of transactions if they can get people to use that currency, correct? So if they can replace the, the SWIFT banking system, that's that's a huge point. Well, it, it's – and so, you, okay, two things, XRP. So tell, tell uh, the listeners, what, what is XRP? You mentioned it there. XRP is the coin that Ripple, the co so there's a company called Ripple. They created a coin and a ledger network uh, that uses XRP to do the transactions. So all the number transactions go through a coin called XRP on the ledger. So I'm showing right here. So Ripple Pilots, a private ledger for central banks launching CBDC. So I'm actually on Ripple's website right here. Um, and... Something that I think we need to back up a little bit too. So you're talking about all these different banks, okay? And once these banks begin to commit to Ripple as a transfer, in I'm in technology. Let me tell you something. When you when you swap out, okay? For example, I, I collect payments, okay? You know, in our software and everything else. You know how difficult it is to go from one type of processing to another. When you make that big of a significant of a step, first of all, you're you're not going to change, okay? You don't back out of this quickly. And so as soon as you make a commitment to move on to a platform and you move all of your technology and development into that, you, that you're there to stay. That's oh, where this is going, especially at the volume and the level that these people are transferring. Here's what I mean. So on, I'm going to have y'all, so you actually sent me this and I thought that uh, this was an interesting, um, you know, chart. So this is actually on xrparcade.com. And it's the world top 100 banks. So, if you're if you're watching, you know, you, you, first of all, you ought to go to this yourself. But I'm gonna show talk about some of the banks and mention some of the amounts. But tell us what we're looking at here, Trent. Well, this is a list of banks that are using Ripple currently, and the amount of money that they have of their denomination of XRP holdings in their bank. Now, you got to think about that, and. The technology that it takes to do this, they've been working behind the scenes for years. This is not um, new technology for them. They've been looking and knowing that digital currency was coming, and you've been hearing a great reset and a digital reset. Well, they've actually been signing NDA, non-disclosure agreements, with banks all over the world for the past probably seven to ten years. And that's Ripple being able to know, hey, we can replace you you're the swift banking system and and that's that's my saying the swift banking system but they're really going at transaction all across the borders at all the different uh, amounts of money that 
They know they can save money for banks, and they know they can improve the speed, and they can improve the accuracy of the information being transferred. So real quick, I'm just going to read some of these. Um, so if you're listening and not watching, um, right here, um, the, the, the top four banks are China. And we're talking $4 trillion in assets, $3.3 trillion, $3.2, and $3 trillion. Uh, just, and that's just China. But you say, well, the United States is not going to jump on it. Nah. JP Morgan is the sixth largest bank here in the U.S., $2.6 trillion in assets. Bank of America, number eight, at $2.3 trillion in assets. Citigroup, $1.9 trillion. Wells Fargo, $1.8 I mean, so these are so the banks I'm talking about right here. If you've ever heard, if you are familiar with our central, our, our Federal Reserve, that's who these banks are. Okay, these are the people who control the Fed, and so we need to understand. Okay, what all this even means? Why? Why does it matter? And why we're talking about it here? Well, it really comes down to whoever controls um, the, every transaction, the processing of a transaction controls all the money. It's that simple. They are in possession and control. And think of this. If you are a bank, okay, in Ripple, let's say, all right, said, realizes, hey, they're not doing to our, you know, liking. So all I'm going to say is, you know, this particular bank, JP Morgan, $2.6 trillion assets. You know what? We're not going to let y'all transfer until you get on board and t do exactly what we say. And that means that effectively all of their money and in return, all our money, if you're in bed with J.P. Morgan, is frozen. That's right. And you think about it, that's what the SWIFT banking system has done to make the, the dollar so dominant in the world. They got everybody trading on that dollar in oil. That's what I was about to say, yeah, in oil. And, that was, and that's exactly right. And so what happens, think about what's going on in the world. So all oil had to be purchased by the U.S. dollar on the SWIFT you know, transaction system. Okay, now you kill oil, you kill SWIFT, guess what happens to the United States? Oh, they're not near as powerful. Uh, no, no power. There's no power. There's no, and so you look at that, what are they going for? They're going for complete control, but never in the history of mankind have we had a time where there was a computing system strong enough and a technology good enough to be able to control the entire world with a currency where they could control buying and selling. Well, and now we do with quantum computing, with qubits, um, with AI. And and y'all have actually seen me. Uh, so on the first DFT clips I did, I actually demoed um, what machine learning is in areas of evaluating and tracking in real time off CCTV cameras. So I gave a demo on that. But the same thing is true. So now what's happens, I can, I'm monitoring all your, your financial transactions in real time. And so... Trent, you hadn't been a very good boy. You know what? You didn't give to Greenpeace. And so, you know what? I'm going to prevent you from, you know, buying, you know, uh, gasoline or charging your car. Now, whatever it's going to be. So let's put this in context of who we are. Okay. Okay. Well, go ahead. Do you have something you want to say? Well, I wanted to just add. In fact, with that, Microsoft has a patent, 060606 that does just what you're talking about, has a digital currency tied to social, tied to how you're performing, how you're living your life, and they have a patent on how to use that. Why would you need that in the United States? Only, well, here's the, they, BlackRock, all these companies are already using ESG, so economic, social, and govern, governance to, to, to determine if you, 
for example, some of these banks say we'll no longer give any loans of any kind to anybody for any type of fossil fuel exploration or oils, right? Okay, well, these people are idiots anyway. First of all, nothing's going to exist. Computers, silicone, you know, all you know, base products, uh, the road, plastics, cups. I mean, nothing's going to exist without petroleum. Okay, so that's going to have to sh- – but the, what they're going to do is transfer that money to people who do their bidding. Okay, and Absolutely. that's – And so that's kind of where we're going here with this, okay? You know, this all leads towards, I believe, with everything in me, that everything we're talking about tonight is the infrastructure of the mark of the beast. Uh, that's exactly what we're, we're – we're saying that it's the first time in the history of mankind that an antichrist figure that was opposed to God – could uh, could take control of the world's buying and selling. Well, and the infrastructure is being built up by a number of very powerful people, and we're going to talk about that from this point forward. So we're still going to – so we, we set all it up, explained what crypto, what CBDC is, what are ledgers, what is a public ledger and a private ledger. I did need to add on the ledger thing. I did want to uh, say some things. So on an exchange, the difference between you can own your own crypto on an off – on your own – uh, private wallet. Yeah, you've talked about that actually. Yeah. So basically, go ahead and explain that what you can do with it. Well, so if you go to Ledger Live, Ledger.com, you can buy your own hardware wallet. There's other brands, there's other companies. I'm familiar with Ledger. Uh, you can go on there and you can actually download the network. I can download the network on this wallet and it's encrypted. Um, it's super sophisticated on keeping track of what I purchased and I can transfer it off of Coinbase or Uphold or any other exchange and I can send that to that digital wallet and now no longer am I uh, susceptible to the exchanges going bankrupt. I now have that, I own that and I have access to it and I'm the only one with access to it. So instead of like FTX where you could lose all your money or if you're in Coinbase, you could lose all your money, you actually would, you wouldn't lose anything. You, it would just depends on the value of what you could get, but you actually own it. Nobody could sell it without your permission. So there is a way to invest in crypto. And still protect yourself. And protect yourself. That's what you need to do is get your own private wallet. Not your keys, not your, not your coins. That's the saying. Get to a private wallet. Download it off of there. Do not keep money on exchanges. That's good advice. And and one, one more thing. This is not, I'm not trying to give you financial advice on any company or anything. We're just talking no. about the technology. Yeah, we're it. talking about it. Don't go out and invest in crypto because you listen to this and we said, hey, you know, it's not all that bad. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't you, you, you talk to the Lord and your, you know, financial counselors on that. Well, so I want to kind of get over kind of in my wheelhouse and it's going to begin with what is the mark of the beast? Um, what kind of technology does that look like? Well, we've talked about a lot of it, but I want to read this scripture. It says, also, it causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let, uh, let, uh, let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So everybody has probably heard, you know, 666. It represents, you know, the beast, Satan. Um, and, you know, you actually mentioned, I think what it, it's crazy to me that Microsoft, we're not saying that Microsoft is uh, Satan. They're just doing satanic things. But <laughs> to, patent, to patent that, that is connected with an ESG score and patent that 060606, that's just nuts, man. It's sometimes you think 
that it's surreal when you come to, to find out things. And, and that's the awesome thing about God and his people is he does reveal to us certain things and he does prepare us in certain ways. And he gives you bits of information to make sure that your faith is in him. Well, and that's another reason I'm an absolute pre-tribulation guy, and I don't, we don't have to get in. But here's the thing is that we are what is holding back the Antichrist. God in us and through us is exposing all this stuff, and they're at the point now they're not even hiding it. We're going to talk about some really nasty people um, that uh, exist in the world today and, and, and who they are and what they're doing. Now, in previous podcasts, I have talked a little bit about um, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. Um, the World Economic Forum is one of the most debased evil organizations in the world. And it has its tendrils and fingers in every government and every major big bank and business in the world. Oh, absolutely. I, and this is me. The, the I have always believed that, um, you know, when Satan took Jesus to the temple and he rolled it out and said, hey, if you'll bow down and serve me, I'll give you all of this. Well, how did he have something to give him if he didn't have control over it? And that's wealth of this world. Yeah. Wealth on the temporal earth is very much so influenced by Satan and the evil. And he uses people and organizations to run this. And that's what the World Economic Forum has become. Well, so we need to talk a little bit about this guy right here. Um, this is Klaus Schwab. He is the founder um, and president or CEO, or whatever he dubs himself, of the World Economic Forum. So you may have heard for the last 20 years, um, people have a gathering in Davos, Switzerland, okay? And so all these really rich people who want to control every aspect of your life, they fly in on their, you know, $100 million, $10 million jets, whatever they may be, okay? The, the poor poppers are flying in on the $10 million jets, you know? And, and then they're discussing how to basically and effectively control... All society and all, whether it be financial, social, you know, even in the areas of religion and faith, all around the world to control the population and to reform the world. And these are not my words. You can read them on the World Economic Forum's website yourself. Maybe you've heard this by 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Right. Okay. Well, these are their words. These are so anything that we're talking about tonight. I'm not a, a, con, a conspiracy theory guy. I'm a conspiracy fact guy. Okay, and the facts are they they are saying these very things, and I want to just expose a little bit of who they are, and and why this matters. Klaus Schwab. I did, I was going to download the video. I didn't get it in time, but he was recently sitting and being interviewed, and he says there's coming a time where every person will be. Uh, you know, no longer technically human. He said, we will be better than humans. We are going to all have a digital uplink. So you've probably, some of y'all may have even heard of this, like, you know, Neuralink with Elon Musk and stuff, but there's, they even have a process now to try to, to implant this. And then it'd be almost like just a, you go in, you get brain surgery and you get out, you know, within a matter of hours. But he was interesting though, is when he was talking about the tri financial transactions, Klaus Schwab, he, he touched his forehead. And I believe that what the interesting thing is, so I have a different, when it says about the right hand and the forehead, I have a different theory. So, I mean, I've heard people say, well, it's not everybody has a right hand. Well, I agree with that. But I think what that represents is two different technologies. So the mark of the beast, okay? So there's going to be certain types of chips. They're already, you know, you've seen RFID chips and things of that nature, okay? Um, all over, the, they're, they're, they're in play right now. 
But also, when you look at some of these new bring them plants, okay, that when you talk, they're in the head. And so you're looking, I mean, so I think that, and, and this is my opinion, okay? This is my opinion, and it really doesn't matter. But I believe that um, when we're talking about whether it's the forehead or the hand, that it may be two different technologies, but it's still the same thing in order to process transactions or to partake in the economic system. Oh, I absolutely think they're preparing to do exactly that because it also, we have a, in today's day and age, who wants to keep up with passwords and um, all the different accounts that you have uh, and that you have passcodes and everything like that. People are getting tired of keeping up with it, but they want the security. And so all of that drives to a chip that's implanted inside you that is much more difficult to uh, manipulate and steal money from people. And it gives them a false sense of security. So unless you're a Christian and you're aware of God's word in the Bible that's telling you, hey, avoid any mark on your right hand or on your forehead, you don't know. You think that you're doing something that's going to protect yourself, protect your assets, protect your family. You have to know what the, the goal of everybody is. Well, you have to look at the technology and the people behind the technology. And here's the one thing that we know when that time comes in regards to the tribulation and you know, and that is, is that it will be very evident and clear. They, you know, for a fact that if you do not get these marks, you cannot, you cannot trade. And so cash, okay. You have to get rid of cash. You have to get rid of any form of bartering or any other, where you can have any type of private transaction. Cause right now I can operate anonymously. So if I say, Hey, you know, you did some work for me, you know, I want to buy, you know, something from you and I don't, and I can bring you cash. And this is a, a completely valid fiat currency. I can give you this money. You give me something in exchange. It's done privately. The government doesn't know about it. Nobody has to know about it. It's a private exchange between two people. Well, as soon as you alleviate or you eliminate cash. Okay. When you take all the Venmos and the, the PayPal's and any other type of, you know, digital transfer of currency, that will all be rerouted and altered. And so it goes through a central bank. So everything, every transaction that you make, even from individual to individual, unless you both have an agreement that I'm going to give you a chicken and you're going to give me, you know, something else, then that will be able to be seen, tracked in real time via artificial intelligence and shut down, controlled, or manipulated by the government. And this is all important because you take people like us, okay? I'm a gun-toting, you know, West Texas shooting, you know, a Christian. And you, let me tell you something. You come and you try to harm my family and say, I'm going to take over your family. Your family is going to starve unless you do what I say. Somebody's going to get hurt, okay? They don't know what to do with people like us, okay? Well, you get people starved down enough, and you figure out how to eliminate those threats. Well, the biggest way you can do it is financially. And there's scripture that talks about this. Now, I don't believe that you and I will be here. It goes back to that pre-tribulation. I think that this is all going to, I, I do not think you can get this fully in effect until the time of the tribulation when the opposition is, re is removed. Do you have an opinion on that? You know, on the, I would, I would say, let me, I want to back up a hair and talk about, what you're talking about, as in they need to control the transactions and see it. That's one thing. If you get a ledger and a hardware wallet, I never enter in my name, my social security number, or any information. They don't know who I am that holds that wallet. So once you purchase the wallet and you log onto their system and you um, sync it, 
that you own your own wallet. They don't know who you are. You're just a number. Okay, so then I can hold all those assets. But now when we go through an exchange, so when I went to Coinbase or Uphold or any of the other exchanges, Binance, FTX, you're entering in all of your name and information and they're sending you a W-9. They want to tax it. They want to know where the money's going. So before I could even send it to a hardware wallet, I had to upload. They're asking me for photo IDs front and back and all the information so they can track it. So what has started out to be so good, as in I could be anonymous and do transactions, you nailed it right on the head. What all this does is it really nails down that they can, they want to get their taxes and they want to get control. And that's what whoever controls all the money controls you. Well, and that's why I think in the end, you know, we, I, I, I think you and I might have slightly differing, differing opinions here. I think what's going to happen is crypto will eventually be regulated to nothing because um, I think here, here's how I think they'll do it. Um, first of all, if you control the on and off ramps and you regulate the on and off ramps and I can no longer convert that money into something I can spend in my own, you know, country, state, city. Okay. Well, then that becomes effectively in a prison locked up, even on the wallet thing. I got to put it back on and convert it to us dollars or a CBDC digital dollar. Okay. And so there, that's one mechanism I think they're going to use to just snuff out any other type of parallel currency. I think it's death by a thousand cuts. I think they keep it very complex all the way to the basic of owning a ledger and every transaction. I think they can do all different currencies. I think they can, um, they can get to where every business is taking it. it they won't take cash. They've got to do away with cash. They'll, they can use credit card. They can use all the other things that communicate in numbers. And with the smart quantum commuting, uh, uh, computing that they can do, they can get it to one ledger. So I think, uh, I think they're going to control it in a hundred different ways, not just, not just doing away with it. I think they're going to, they're going to act like they're, there's always they're going to try to give you the 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 appearance or the illusion of that, freedom and choice. That's correct. Okay, that's but, exactly but how they're going to. And do I, I can see really that gonna, too. I, can I see mean, that. that's way easier. I mean, you well, it, okay, let's think about that for a minute though. In the end, it doesn't matter because if you do control that ledger and you're the only person who can, you know, in the end, when I'm wanting to go buy lunch <laughs> and I'm processing and it goes through Ripple, okay, well, it doesn't matter how I get to Ripple. If they make those exchanges for me in any mechanism that I get to choose, you know, uh, Coinbase, I get to choose, you know, a, a car, credit card, as you mentioned, or whatever, okay? If that still ends up going back through that centralized ledger system and transaction processing system, then it doesn't matter. That's, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. then they have you. That, so they can do it a hundred different ways, a thousand different ways. As long as it goes through that ledger, they have it. Yeah, they know that makes who sense. you are and they have all the information on you. I'd agree with you on that. Uh, I'll tell you another thing. It, you look at what happened through this last pandemic. You know, when we talk about people making decisions for their family, I know people around here that were forced into vaccine that probably didn't want the vaccine. Yeah. But they were looking at that from a point of view of don't get paid if I don't get it. So it's it's one of those things that they are slowly getting control by putting pressure on you providing, buying and selling for your family. Well, uh, so let's, let's talk about that. So let's get back to it from a biblical perspective. Because there's many people, I think, that are listening that there's two things that they may have a hard time wrapping their head around is. Um, I've heard so many people say, well, the Bible never directly says that there will be a one-world government. We're going to get to that in a minute. Effectively, it does. 
And number two is, you know, as we're talking about all these things, fear is stir- getting stirred up in your heart a little bit. In 2 Timothy 1.7, God said, He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In Matthew 24, Jesus, almost the entire chapter, Jesus himself, it's all read, is talking about how to see this, what's going to happen in this season that we're in right now, okay, in the end times. What's going to happen, the beast, the forms of government, how it's going to take place, and what our role is as Christians. And this is a time to be excited. We are going to soon, in my opinion, be sitting in front of all of the heroes of our faith. And they're going to be asking us, what was it like to live there at end times, at the culmination of our faith, all the things that have been prophesied for thousands of years, and, and to actually be able to partake in, in, yes, there was a great apostasy, but what about those who were, you know, that were part of the great harvest as well? I mean, it's, these are things, how we act right now, how you act in the midst of all the craziness is a direct reflection of where your faith is. Oh, absolutely. In, in times, just like what we're going through as a country and as a people, and really through the whole world, where is your faith? Who are the people that have peace? Who can sleep? You know, we, uh, and, and I don't want to get ahead, but I know we were talking about suicide rates are, are skyrocketing. Oh, I, well, I, today I saw nationwide across the board um, is 30%. Okay. In the black community, it's a 57% increase over last year. Okay. I have several, you know, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me personally as an elder in the church um, with dealing with things of suicide in their family. Um, and it is a difficult time. I mean, there is suicide as a spirit, but yes, the, the thing is everybody's looking at all this and thinking, you know, I, there's just no hope. And, and that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And when we talk about heavier things like this, it's easy to get in that mode. Like, oh, well, this is it. I'm just going to give up. And, and, and sometimes people get, go the opposite. There, there's a back in the, the Jesus revolution days, okay. Sixties and seventies. There were all these people that said, well, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. I mean, he's going to be back tomorrow. So why go to college? Why go be in politics? Why go be in, you know, uh, in business and all these different things? So and there was a phrase that came about that you can be so kingdom minded that you're no earthly good. Absolutely. My grandma was one of the ones who literally dropped out of high school and was waiting on Jesus's return. And man, she lived a much more difficult life financially because of the decisions that she was waiting on the Lord continually. And now her faith was fantastic, but it did make, uh, like you said, it made some of the decisions here on earth much more difficult. So what are we called to do? Like, this is this is what excites me. I, I really get excited yeah, me because too. we're both evangelical, but we also are focused on being kingdom-minded and kingdom-driven. Like, where are the mighty men and women of God today? Yeah. We are here. And we are rising up, and we are we are forming and encouraging one another, and we will not shrink back from the challenge. If you look at the Bible and you look through Hebrews 11, and you look through the great men and women of faith, they inspired us. That's well, I tell you, the 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 mighty kings David and David's mighty men, 
Okay, these mighty men, who were they? They were Saul's rejects. These were the people who were supposed to be the rejects of society. And what happened? Okay, they, they, David took them. He poured into them. He introduced them to God. And these became, their mindset was so changed and so focused on God that you have one guy stand out in the middle of a lentil field when the whole other army is running and kill 800 guys in one battle. I mean, this is... This is not history, things that can't happen anymore. This is, what is it, Hebrews 13, 28? It's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, okay? That's the same God wants to, right now, for us to have those incredible moments. Maybe not with a sword and killing people in the street. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But to have faith and to fight back in the areas where we have influence. And we see people that we can influence and change and affect lives. Uh, you take, do you think that that mighty man knew somebody came up to him and said hey you're a mighty man of god one day they're going to talk about you and you're going to be a mighty man of god he didn't know know he's going to be in the bible that that's what i'm saying right now there are people it does not matter your physical stature or any we live in a spiritual world i want to in we want to encourage everybody you are a valiant you can be a mighty warrior in the kingdom of god all by your choice all by your trust, all by whose name are you bringing glory to? The name of Jesus Christ. That's the name above all names. The whole point is to bring other people. You know, in Jude 1, it talks about that you can snatch people out of the fire yeah. for an eternal salvation. Think of that. Think of the, the weight that you're carrying, the words and the knowledge that Jesus Christ is the only way into heaven, into an eternity, in paradise. We're talking where it's beautiful, magical. There's no more sun. There's no more stars. God himself lives among us. There's no more sickness, no more death, no more hurting. And we have an incredible purpose. I think people also think, well, what am I just going to do? Sit around and play the harp? That is not heaven. We will have purpose. There is rank in heaven. There are, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be incredible. There's so much excitement we need to do another I'm, I'm soon going to be doing some some talking about what heaven is and, and what's in heaven i've been reading some neat books but you're absolutely right and and you know so brandy is really she's better at this than i am my wife so she every year before uh, each year begins you know she just asks lord hey what does this year look like you know and 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 for years now though um i have been just it's good. There was all these prophets and these prophetic words were released over 2023 by people I trust, like Cindy Jacobs and some things like that. And for years, I was listening. It's about, I, I want to know that I'm listening to the pipeline of God. And what happens is when you have other, you know, prophets and, and, and people, you know, that hear God saying, here's what God's telling me. And you, you don't know each other and it's all over the world. It's good to know, hey, listen, I'm hearing God. I'm tapped in. Point in case is that for years, I have said the most important place that we need to invest is our local community. Community, community, community. When I see you, I know you. We have roots, deep roots in this community. Even the people, like we have people that are moving. Like we have several families in our church. Um, I know one for sure. I think the second one uh, is, is looking to. They came from, they just moved out of Washington State so they could live here and go to our church. It's, it's, their story is incredible. And people are looking for community. And so an example of that is the land of Goshen. When, when um, you know, you have, you know, the coat of many colors, Joseph, right? When he was effectively the prime minister, the second most powerful person in the world, he brought his father Jacob and the Israelites into the land of Egypt before 
you know, uh, you know before the, the drought, right? And where he set them up was the land of Goshen. It was, it was a, a promised land, and all the world was going to follow, uh, you know, fall away around them, and there was going to be horrible things happen, but God set up a land of Goshen for his people. And that's what community, a local community. So the world can be in chaos, but we in our local community can have fellowship. We can, we can take back that which the enemy has tried to take from us. We can get back and take over these school boards. We can kick people in politics out who are aligning with the world instead of aligning with the word. I mean, we have influence right here, and that is how you push back. Kingdom-minded, do it right. Okay? Don't scream and yell and hold up you know, stupid-looking signs that are going to hurt people you know, and push them away from God. But instead, attack the sin, love the sinner, and get engaged in your community. Oh, absolutely. Making a difference. Look, everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to feel loved. That is, I think, one of the main reasons that he's saying, hey, don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren it's for encouragement to each other it's for knowing that you belong and i'll tell you you're exactly right the involvement so many people are are trying to isolate and don't um get out of their comfort zone we live such uh, comfortable lives now better than the kings have lived for thousands of years you can have your own home you can have yeah. all the food that you want in the pantry you can have uh entertainment that keeps you busy in front of you with tv and streaming and whatever uh hobbies now that you oh, and, and all kinds of luxurious foods that you just go down and, i mean that you could have never acquired before so then all of a sudden you're trying to fulfill things in your life and you're and you're losing sight of people. You know, the most valuable thing on earth is people. That's it's what I mean, God that, cares about. You know, that's what, you know, what currency in heaven is, is people. That's what, you know, not that he spends us, but that, that's the only, it's value. The only real value that, that God puts into anything is people. And, and then the connection, connecting to other people, there is more happiness in that. I heard a statistic that said once you make over $60,000 an individual does, money cannot affect their happiness or their life. Hmm. It literally becomes your relationships and everything else. Once your basic needs of, hey, I've got a place to, to stay and shelter and I have something to eat, everything else becomes relational and love, feeling loved. That's a good statistic. Well, so we start looking at that. Well, where, where should we be in the church and what should we be doing? We should be involved in our local church. Oh, our absolutely. Local, I mean, that is a crucial part to loving and serving and finding a place to plug in. Because I can't think of anything else. I can, I've, I've racked my brain and I spent a lot of hours searching. What could I do with my life that I would be happy at the end of it? What, what's my plan? Like, what am I living for? What am I passionately going after? Well, I know what gets me out of bed in the morning. And let me tell you something. It's not my nine to five. You know, it, or my, whatever, my, my hours are bigger than that, <laughs> but, but, but it's, 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 it's evangelism as people. It's knowing that I can affect change in the kingdom, that I can push back against the tides of darkness. You know, that's my heart. I'm a fighter and God put me, I used to wish, I used to wish all the time when I was younger, I wish I could live in the 1800s or all these different times and periods, right? I used to wish I could live in the 1950s, you know, in Main Street America, because that's really my heart. But you know what? I have finally come to grips, and I'm excited that I live when I do now, because God made me for this season. I know who I am. I, am, I know my identity in Christ. I know my purpose, and, and I know 
that I, I all my experiences, good and bad, have have put me up to the point where I am right now, so that I can be as effective for the kingdom as I possibly can. And I just I want to encourage you and you know the audience. There's actually some more stuff that, that I want to go through, but I think I'm going to save it for another episode when we really kind of break down who the World Economic Forum is. But there's some interesting stuff. I mean, some of our conversation, there's just so much going on in the world. There's um, this Yuval Harari. He is one of the most evil people on the planet. You know, I'm going to talk about him in a later episode, but he's actually the most, you know, he's the closest ear to uh, Klaus Schwab, and he's talking, uh, he says all kinds of insane things, but he uh, validates that what they're trying to do with the economy and to control the economy and to control the people through the economy. Um, there's, there's, you know, who, there's lots of these things going on and all these motions. And, and I want to inform you of these things. But I think I, I, where, where I really want to end here is just as what we've been talking about is how do we continue to encourage each other? Are you on the on our next episode? I'm actually going to have somebody you probably know, Mr. Cade Morrison. But we're going to be talking about service. And, you know, you've got 10% or less of the people in the church doing 90% of the work. And the thing that needs to change, and if you want to find hope and feel value in your life, take Trent's advice. Get involved. Get plugged in. I'm going to give you some ways to do that on our next episode. But, man, I just, I'll tell you what, Trent, this has been an absolute joy, man. I'm so glad that you came on today. Oh, I've had a blast. Uh I know every time we get together, you know, it's a, it's an inspire iron sharpening iron and inspiration. You inspire me to do more, to, to serve better, to actually remember I have the voice and to keep fighting and to keep going on. And, uh, man, it's, it's a pleasure of mine to be able to come on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, tell you what, you've been a joy to have, and uh, I'm thinking that uh, we're going to do this again. I'd love to have you back. Um, the, you and I, our conversations, we'll go to lunch. We'll come up with another one. I like it. <laughs> Every I time like we it. go to lunch, we come up with another topic. But I'll tell you what, I'm so thankful uh, for your uh, viewership and for y'all listening online. We uh, we put all this together. and We do the research and we find the people so that we can have these conversations just to bring, that are in our local community, um, just so that you can know that there are people just like you that are feeling the same way, but have found maybe some different little nuggets that could help you along your way. Anyway, I just want to tell you, we appreciate you. Um, if you haven't attended uh, church at Bushland in person, we invite you. Come on out. We'd love to hit, have you. If you're just watching the podcast, not watching us online, you can also uh, just, uh, we stream on Sunday mornings. We'd love to just uh, to hear from you, ask questions, put comments. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.